What's up, y'all? My name is Deja. If you don't know who I am already, this is my first episode of the podcast that I will be started called Daily Podcast or Daily Rants, where I will be uploading weekly, talking about different controversial topics, stories about my life, and so much more. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I just want to jump right in and get started. I know a lot of people are not really fans of long intros. In honor of Mother's Day, I'm going to be talking about pregnancy loss, stillborn, and miscarriage awareness. Trigger warning. If you are easily triggered, this probably will not be the podcast for you because it will be a lot of details. I will be telling my story about how I lost my first child at 18 years old. I feel like I've never told my story before, and this would be the the perfect opportunity. And I'm also just trying to put myself out there more. This is really out of my comfort zone, so please just bear with me. This is my first episode. And with that being said, let's talk about it. So I first want to start off with saying that when I found out that I was pregnant, I was only 18 years old. I had just graduated high school in 2019, the year before, and I fell pregnant maybe a few months after that, I want to say. I found out I was pregnant in December of 2019. It was not a planned pregnancy. I was in complete shock, disbelief. I was not happy about the pregnancy whatsoever. Um, the father of my child, he was still in high school at the time. It was his senior year of high school and it was a lot going on. COVID had started, I think that February or March, so that alone with losing my child was just a lot because, mind you, I had to go to most of my doctor's appointments alone because, you know, no visitors were allowed. And just going through that by myself and having to find out a lot of the horrible news by myself was just triggering as is. But I'm just going to start from the beginning for y'all. Um... I had a strong feeling that I was pregnant, but I wasn't completely sure until I threw up the day before I was supposed to get my cycle, which is very unlikely for me because I don't throw up. That's one thing about me. I barely get sick and I don't throw up. So I knew something was off when I did. So um, the next day, I think I called off. I called out from work and I ordered a pregnancy test because... I didn't really have a way to get to the store at the time. I think I Instacarted it or whatever. It was like a clear blue digital. And when I tell y'all, when I took that test and I seen that positive, like I was just, I was in disbelief. I started crying and shaking. I didn't know what to do. I was just fresh out of high school for real. Like I didn't want a baby. If I'm being completely honest, it's not what I wanted, but as time went by, of course, I got excited about it, and I made plans for my baby. So I don't want anyone to think that, you know, um, like, I didn't want my baby. No, my baby was very much loved. It was just, I was shocked, fresh out of high school, wasn't prepared to be a parent. You know, I'm still staying with my parents at the time, so it was a lot to take in. Um, the first thing I did, I, w- I called my child's father. He wasn't answering the phone. Called him again, didn't answer the phone. So I'm like, 
mechanic and he's in school so of course I understand he finally answered the phone I tell him that I'm pregnant and um his he didn't have a bad reaction because I feel like he knew like he knew in the back of his mind that I was pregnant he knew it was a possibility that I could be pregnant and so um he was like you know whatever you need I'll be there for you this and that okay um I just want to tell y'all the backstory about me finding out about my pregnancy going into where I started having issues was around eight weeks pregnant I want to say yes I was eight weeks and um I experienced bleeding so I called my OBGYN and I asked them was it normal I told them I was only eight weeks long and if I could come in for an ultrasound just to check to see if everything was fine and so they got me an appointment that day that same afternoon and um that's the first time I saw my baby and heard my baby's heartbeat and everything was fine you know sack was intact you could see my um my ultrasound I still have a little picture of it heartbeat was strong and my doctor told me that everything was fine and sometimes in pregnancy especially early pregnancy that you bleed and I was like okay you know I'm thinking everything is okay but in the back of my mind like I was still kind of skeptical because I know everyone's different, but I was just talking to people who um, had babies and they told me they, you know, that can be like a bad thing. It can be a sign of a miscarriage, but it wasn't at the time anyways, until about fast forward to, I want to say around 10, 11 weeks, I feel like everything was still going okay. I had to go back to the doctor for um, an early glucose test. I don't know why I had to do it early. I think I think what they say, if you're like a certain weight, you have to do the glucose test early. If you don't know what the glucose test is, it's when you have to drink one of those nasty sugary drinks and they take your blood for um to check for gestational diabetes. So I did that. And um, that's the first time, like, the nurses ever, like, said anything about anything possibly being wrong. I was getting my ultrasound, mind you, I was by myself because COVID. And I had a different ultrasound take, usually, than the person that I had last time. And she was telling me, she was like, um, have you ever had, like, cervical cancer? Like, I'm just asking because... Like, I can, I suspect funneling a little bit, and I want to have you back in two weeks. Was it two weeks? I think she said a week or two after that. And I was like, okay, so um, they got me scheduled in for an appointment the week after, or two weeks after, I want to say around my 15 weeks. They wanted me to come back at 15 weeks pregnant. So it was about two or three weeks down the line. So a few weeks go by. From my perspective, I think everything is still going fine. Until um, I was exactly 14 weeks, three days. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was laying down. I had brought me a new pregnancy pillow. And I'm sorry, y'all. It's still hard for me to talk about. So just bear with me. Um... 
yeah, I was laying down and um I just heard like a pop and then a whole lot of water just just came out like like my water broke pretty much. That's what it was. But I didn't know that at the time. And so um I went to my parents' room, I told them about it and I called the emergency room and they told me that I needed to come in. So my dad, he took me up to the emergency room that night. And let me just start by saying this. High Point Regional is the worst hospital you can go to because when I tell you they didn't have a clue, I mean, they didn't have a clue. They didn't even have an OBGYN to look at me that night. And just thinking about the whole thing, I feel like my care was just neglected. And if I would have been cared for properly, maybe my baby still would have been here but i'm gonna get to that in a second um so i was sitting in the um outpatient waiting for them to call me in so when they did they first thing they did was they did an ultrasound and then like a pap smear and everything and they told me that everything was fine and I probably just had an accident, which I knew wasn't the case because I would have known if I would have peed on myself. Like, it, it wasn't that. Like, I I knew my water broke, but the doctor telling me that, it was kind of like, okay, well, is my baby okay? Is my baby okay? And um, they said, yeah, my baby still had a heartbeat and everything seems to be fine. Mind you, they are just emergency room doctors. None of them are OBGYNs. And so when I see my, my baby's heartbeat and um see that he was still doing fine, I'm like, okay, so like what was that? A whole lot of water just like my whole bed, y'all, like I'm not playing my whole bed was just full of water. Like there's no way. Like I know I didn't have an accident on myself, but they like gaslighting me telling me, Oh no, you're fine, you're fine. And so um that next day my OBGYN called me because they know that I had to um, go to the emergency room that night and told me to come in just to check to see how everything is. And so I think, yeah, I was around 14 weeks, almost 15 weeks. Because I came in, no, I came in the next day, so I was 14 weeks, four days, sorry, um, 14 weeks, four days. And um, first thing they did was call me into the ultrasound room and... Like, immediately when the lady was doing the scan, I could just feel the vibe. Like, because she kept on, like, switching positions and, like, just the way that she was looking. She was very quiet the whole time. Like, I know ultrasound techs can't really tell me anything. So, all I asked for was the heart rate. And she told me the heart rate, but her face was just blank like no emotion you know last time she was talking to me and we were having conversation and she was asking me what I was hoping for so I just knew it was off something was off and that something was wrong when I went that next day and went um sorry um when the doctor called me in she finally called me to the back she told me that I would miscarry in the next three days, probably, and that my water did, in fact, break last night. And I was just, like, so angry and upset because I was, like, just 
crying, trying to explain to her, like, the people at the emergency room literally told me that my baby was fine. I probably just had an accident and my water didn't break. And now y'all are telling me that my water did break and that I'm going to lose my baby in three days. It was a lot to process. And if you don't know um, the term, it's called prom premature rupture of membranes. It's when your water breaks before the 37-week mark. And in my case, my water broke way too early. I was still in my first trimester. Only 14, 14 weeks going into my second trimester. Is that? Don't get me wrong. I was in my second trimester. So, yeah, that's really early for your... um water to break and um she told me that I would miscarry so I went home and to be honest I was really just preparing for the worst but a week goes by my baby is still fine mind you after um after that doctor's appointment I had to go to the doctor every single week because after that point, I was considered a high-risk patient, so I had to go to the doctor every single week, which was exhausting, to say the least. It just wasn't a good experience, and every time I went, they were, like, trying to give me a pap smear, and it was just it was a, just a really bad experience, and that's why I still say to this day, like, I don't know if I would want to have another child because my first experience was like very traumatic and I don't know if I can handle that happening again honestly I really don't even though they told me that um my baby would pass away in the next three days I continued to be pregnant for a whole nother month after that up until May 4th 2020 one of the worst days of my life. The worst day of my life, actually. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. I was at the table and I was eating dinner with my family. And just something didn't feel right. Something didn't feel right. And um, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, like, like something not, it's not feeling right. Like, I feel like, like something is coming out of me. And literally, I looked down and... I could see my baby's umbilical cord literally coming out of me. So I called the um, ambulance that night. Um, and they told me, like, if I could get there faster by car, that my um, parents could take me to the hospital. So that's what I did. They, um, My parents drove me to the emergency room. And from there, I found out that my cord had prolapsed and that my baby wasn't going to make it. And I still can't recall all the details because I was so, like, emotionally distraught. But all I remember is just me on FaceTime just crying to my mom, like, just crying. Like, mom, like, my baby's not going to make it. Like, I'm hysterical. Like, it was traumatic. Mind you, I can't have anybody in there with me nobody can, can be in the room with me because covid i was literally by myself during that finding out that my child wasn't going to make it out and um after that i had to prepare to give birth and i feel like people really don't understand how traumatizing that is to have to give birth to a baby that you know 
not gonna make it out alive or to just to leave the hospital empty-handed when you were just pregnant like you my lost mom tell me my lost moms know where i'm coming from it's just it's a feeling that you can't explain unless you've been through it truly it's the worst thing i've ever experienced in my life the most traumatizing thing i've ever experienced in my life um so after i found out that um he wasn't gonna make it they prepared me for labor um they gave me what's it called um i can't think of the name of it but it was like a drug that made my contractions better like the the drug it basically made me fall asleep i have to think of the name of it one moment y'all morphine is what it was they gave me morphine and um they finally let my child's father come in they said i could only let one guest and looking back like no shade to my child's father like i know that he worked that day and he was tired but i really wish that my mom could have been there with me just because um i know she would have been like just more comforting not that he wasn't comforting but more comforting and just there for me like I'm not by any means trying to um talk bad about like my child's father but I in a sense I felt like I was there alone because he was asleep for most of the time and I get it I was in labor for a long time I I, I went to the hospital at um I want to say nine ten o'clock that night and i didn't give birth to my baby until five thirteen a.m so i was there for a while and so he was asleep through most of it through my contractions and even when i got up to push my baby out I, you know i called for my nurse because i didn't know like i just know i felt pressure and that i felt the need to push so i called them and um they woke him up and it was just I don't know how to explain the feeling. Like, it was a numbness, y'all. Like, I cried before, like, when they told me that I was going to lose him. But when they put my baby in my arms, it was, like, just, like, disbelief, denial, numbness. I didn't cry immediately. It was just, I was in shock, y'all. Like, I didn't know how to feel and I feel like it didn't really hit me until I left the hospital and I had to um they were calling my phone about you know like what I wanted to do with the body if I wanted to bury my baby or if I wanted to um have him cremated and it was just so much that I had to deal with on top of that grief I just didn't want to deal with it honestly I didn't want to deal with it at all like for two days straight the um sorry y'all if I'm getting emotional but um two or three days straight I was ignoring like the the funeral home because I didn't want to accept it I didn't want to accept it but um I did end up arranging for him to be cremated and having to pick out an urn and go up there and sign papers it's just a feeling that a feeling that I can't it was traumatic, y'all. It was traumatic. And um, with it being Mother's Day, I think this is important for me to talk about because a lot of times us lost moms aren't acknowledged as mothers 
or we aren't acknowledged on Mother's Day, but we are mothers. We are for sure mothers. You know, our babies might not be here with us, but we're mothers, you know? And um, it was hard, y'all, and it's still hard to this day, even three years down the line. Like, I have my moments where I just break down and I just, I'm in disbelief that I went through that. And it's hard. And I feel like it's important for people like me and other women who's experienced similar to speak out and tell their story. And um, be able to be vulnerable because it's, it's truly an experience that you will not understand unless you go through. And I'm, I wouldn't wish that feeling on my worst enemy, y'all. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And um, that's the gist of it. I'm still grieving. I'm still learning how to be okay and learning that it's okay not to be okay sometimes. And what I went through was traumatic, you know, and it's okay to still grieve and have my moments. And on days like today, I feel like us lost moms should also be acknowledged because we are mothers. We for sure are mothers. I laid in that hospital for eight, nine hours in labor, in labor, in pain, knowing that my baby wasn't going to come out alive. Like, that's, it's traumatic, y'all. And I really just wanted to share my experience because I feel like it's nothing that I've ever talked about um, publicly. And I'm sorry, y'all, if it's all over the place. But like I said, this is my first podcast. And I really wanted to share my journey, share my experience, share what I went through with everyone just so that y'all can understand and just be just be considerate of other lost moms on days like today because it's hard. Tell them a happy Mother's Day. Get them a, ha- a Mother's Day gift. You know, make sure you tell them that you love them because it's hard. It's difficult, y'all. Child loss is no joke. And like I said, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, I appreciate everyone who listened this far. I know that it's a long podcast, but I really just felt that it was important, especially on a day like today, to share what I've been through and um, share my story. And thanks for tuning in, y'all. Um, my next episode... We'll probably be dropping next week on next Sunday. I'm going to try to make an episode every Sunday. Thank you guys for listening. Happy Mother's Day to all of y'all, especially my lost mothers, and especially those who don't have their mothers with them on days like today. Know that you are loved. Know that you are appreciated. You're amazing, and I hope you get through the day. Thanks, y'all. Out.